This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, we are here for the Equalizer podcast at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago. We're on podcast row here with Dave Copeland-Smith, a.k.a. Beast Mode Soccer, as you know him best on Twitter. Um, I'm Jeff Kasouf, joined by Chelsea Bush from Equalizer. Dave's got some freshly delivered coffee, which he did not let us know was happening, so we might be able to time out. Um, Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I try not to do my podcast interview voice for the whole interview. What's your podcast interview? That was it. That was it. I thought that was your normal voice. Um, so we're fresh out of the NWSL draft. We'll do a little, little draft chatter. Yeah. Um, a little bit of training, David. As, as some of you might know listening, trains a whole lot of players. I mean, you can, you can run down the list if you want. But. Yeah, we, it's obviously the ones that people know are like Alex and... Uh, Alex Morgan. Ali Long and Rach Daly. There's, are there other Alex? Uh, um, <laughs> I'm just to clarify. And a whole, a whole bunch. Um, right down to players that you'll never hear about. So, like, players playing rec soccer and stuff like that. But a lot of players in the league have, have been through. The last count was over 50. Really? Yeah, 50 that I've trained to... Uh, in the league. Background How you doing? Hey, good stuff today. I'll circle back with you, Bob. Okay. He always says he's going to circle back. Rory Dam's trying to get on the pod. He was. He's <laughs> had his time today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, all we... What, what I do, I tell, tend to tell people, like, I'm in the transformation business. Um, and my goal is just to, to make players first of all realise how good they can be and second give them a pathway to get there um, both technically and mentally um, so super super confident um, young women is what we're trying to produce yeah well I think that's that's the interesting thing that I want to talk to you about a little bit especially you, you mentioned mentally yeah um, our jobs in media in particular I think it's easy to see react to the thing that's surface level or that's right there in front of you, the, the call up, the new name or, you know, whatever, the, the game you're watching, but the bulk of what's done, maybe in a team environment, but also what you're doing is on the, the training side. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what are some of the things that, that you're maybe seeing that we're not or that the fan is not? That, that Honestly, like, I have this conversation a lot with, with players. Um, because like, obviously some of them are very, very popular and they're very well known. And I always wish that their advertising campaigns would, would focus more on um, how they got there um, and what they continue to do to be at the top. Uh, I've literally got you know, thousands of stories about this, but you know, with, with Alex, 
I remember the World Cup final. They won. You know, it was fantastic. Um, and there was a massive party afterwards uh, in Vancouver. Um, I remember that. Yeah. I didn't get in there. Uh, we were turned away. Yeah. Uh, it was a big, big party. And it's always nice to see your players do well. And obviously, the World Cup is the pinnacle of anybody's career. Just appearing at a World Cup is a big deal, you know. And I go out to Alex and I didn't even have a chance to say, like, oh, well done. Because she literally looks right, right, next focus is Olympic chair. And I'm like, enjoy it, you weirdo. Like, it's, it's fine, like, yeah. but that's like how laser focused like, these players are. And it's, it's a case of, I wish they would focus, like, other people would focus on the amount of hours that go into it. Um, because it's literally, you know, with without it's in the off season every day. Like she'll have one day off a week, um, but it's every day, and it's hyper focused stuff. So you know, our our breakdown is I get to watch every NWSL game, and so for instance, if I got Alex or Rachel, I will we use Insta. It's phenomenal, um, so I can get. Rachel's last 50 shots and I'll study the 50 shots and then mark it up on a grid that we've made which is all different zones inside the 18-yard uh, box but not the traditional zones um, and I'll write on there like what missed, what didn't miss and then we'll basically try to replicate the misses if it's a general shot from so say it's a shot that Rachel takes a lot and we'll polish it and we'll do it for hours and hours and the same with Alex I was with Alex last week and I said I'll show her the plan and it's very much open so if you want to add to it you can add to it um, Dawn Scott has been phenomenal with that because um, Dawn's the, the US fitness and so you know Dawn will add fitness into what drills which is great so we get a double whammy tobacco um, so we get the whammy and it's so specific to each player but they want it and that's what we need to focus on with, with trying to inspire youth players is let's show them this is why we put it on our Instagram like let's show them these players like Ali Long 8am New Year's Day is out training but you were in bed by 10pm and that's it's not sacrifice for them so that was a very very long winded answer <laughs> but I wish um, I wish we could focus more on on the extra that, that these, these players do because all of these players who've made it at this level they've all done more and I feel like just in my experience, the, the better they become, the harder they work. And it's, it's, it's inspiration. It makes me better because I have to be good. So, I'll stop talking now. Oh, I, in a completely different direction, I really just had one question. I've been dying to ask okay. um, someone for a couple of days. So, Rachel Daly for England. Yes. I 
thought it was heading that way after her recent season with Houston that she was playing more of a forward role for them. I saw on the last roster she's listed as a defender. Yes. Also back or forward for England, for Rachel Daly. What do you think? Okay, so I'm biased. Um, so I, when I, I tried to take myself out of that. Personally, you always want to see a player as a forward, right? Because the forwards get all the glory. But I think Rachel's um, biggest plus point in that England environment is her ability to play four or five positions at a world-class level. So, if I'm being honest, personally, forward, because I love seeing Rachel score goals, but if Rachel plays right back, then I, I genuinely believe she can be the best right back in the world because she has this mentality. She's mean on the field and she it's a very, very British mentality on the field. Because uh, I've had players like that we've got, you know, they played against each other. Well, I have players text me and Rachel's really mean. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, she is on the field. I'm like, but if you see her after the game, she's going to be cool. And they're like, well, she's not nice on the field. I'm like, well, that's why a lot of people love playing with her and love like, or hate playing against her. Um, but I think it's a testament to her. Is And I, I love the way Phil does it as well, because he obviously sees it. I say Phil like we're best buddies. But <laughs> I actually met him once in Beverly Hills. We rode BMXs down to Phil Neville's rental house and asked him to come out to play on our BMXs. This is a true story. Did he do it? Did he? Yeah. He didn't come out that day. He did come out a few days later. <laughs> he'll, he'll I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, but I like I like the way that, that that Phil Phil obviously rates are in multiple positions. Um, so you know what? In my my honest answer is if she gets to go to the World Cup as a freaking goalkeeper I'll be happy I want to see the girl in a World Cup that was a long answer <laughs> but that is a good question though because you know everybody has an opinion of that is, is, she, is she a back or is she a forward and she's both you could stick her at left wing she'll be fine so there you go well, let's talk some. I mean, you just said to us you're watching every NWSL game. Yes. That's not just your player. That's, no. That's every NWSL game. So, what? What's your take on the, the quality of the league over time? Some of the games hurt my eyes. I'm not oh. going to lie. Yeah. Um, I think over the last seven years, it's getting better and better. It really is. But you know, every now and then you just get a bad game, which you get in every single league, right? Like, you watch Premier League games and some of them is like, oh. But I feel like, because I mean, we, all three of us at this table are so invested emotionally in this league, right? But when you watch a bad game, it sticks in your head. <laughs> You're like, this is like watching paint dry. Yeah. Um, but I do I watch every game. I think it's getting better and better. Um, I think we've got coaches in the league now who really do want to play football. And I think as the league goes on, we're getting more and more technical players in who are able to play the football that we all want to watch. Like we all want to watch good football. Um, so I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm really excited about Houston um, with a new coaching staff there. Um, 
and you know if you didn't know her she um, played for you know, so worked for Houston as an assistant coach for 36 hours once we won that game against Orlando 2-0 Okay. So yeah. maybe you would say I'm the most successful NWSL coach. Yeah, that's, a, that's a winning record. That's a perfect winning record. Me, me and uh, Christy Mewis has the perfect record at Chicago Red Stars because she played one game and scored. <laughs> I play, I coached one game and won. Um, so I, I've definitely got a connection with Houston. But I know like there was a little bit of uh, controversy about the appointment because um, I don't know James at all. Um, but you know, everyone's like, oh, no one knows who he is. It's not a woman. But he's already got his stuff together, hasn't he? Because for the first time, that club has a full coaching staff um, who are getting paid, um, and he's brought in Monica, which I think is a masterstroke because she's very good. And just from the feedback from the players, just the communication already is next level with, with between him and players. It's really good. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I hear amazing things about the Orlando coach, um, the type of football he plays. And let's be honest, that team, they, they could be the nearest thing we've got to Barcelona with the talent they have um, that'll be really exciting to, to watch um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of a, a lot of the coaches in the league you know like Laura is phenomenal um, just Laura is one of those people I could just watch deliver sessions all day just because of the delivery it's so clear and she just knows how to get the best out of the players and obviously, like, I can't, I'm not going to name everyone, but they're all like. <laughs> Tell us your favourite. They're all, yeah, I will do if you want. <laughs> they're all, they're all good. Um, we're, we're in a place where we, we, could, we should be getting good football, so I'm excited. Do you think that the improving quality of the league is due to the coaches being better about who they bring into the league, or are we as a country developing players better? Wow, that is a good question. Um, I think I think we are developing players better. Um, we've still got a long, long way to go. Um, I, I think what we're seeing is the cream rising to the top. You know, like I still work with. You know, I'll start working with some college players, and, and they're still all athletic, and they're not terrible players, but they're not where I would want them to be. Like I. I love like I think we all love technical players, but I love players like Jesse Fleming, who is so technical, so confident, so educated in a game that she can flip that. She can flip a game at, at any given um, point. I think the coaching standard is there. I think that the way the players are being treated is better you know it, is it where we want financially no but this is the first league to go past four years right three years three years and there's a reason for it because the league's being frugal which is sensible um, you know 
I remember the first few years when some of my players were earning six thousand dollars. Now the minimum is nineteen, right? Yeah, it just went up today. Yeah, plus, so plus sixteen plus. I definitely think it. I think there's a lot of factors in there. Like I think Utah coming in was huge um, because the owner he really gets it. Like he he is really invested facility wise and the way they're treated is phenomenal and I think you know they that that needs a light shining on it. Yeah. Right everyone talks about sky blue and you know the crumble that happened. But let's focus on the people doing it right as well. Like you know Houston they, they they've started to do it. And you know obviously the Portland have always been there and We've got to show them that respect, and Mark's doing a great job there. But I think it's a mix of all, all, all three areas. I would love to say, yeah, we're producing a lot more technical players, um, but we've got a long way to go. Like these kids can't be playing football for 15 years and not be ballers. Something's going wrong. Yeah. Like you know, we shouldn't be getting. I'll use Jesse as an example, but we shouldn't be getting so excited about a Jesse Fleming. We should have 50 of Jesse's every year. Um, and that's what we're, you know, that's what my whole thing is. We're trying to change it. Um, but that being said, Jesse's kind of an outlier as well. She's very special. And it's, I, I would love to see 50 of those, those types of players. Um, talking Americans? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am American, <laughs> but I'm also English. I don't care where they're from if they're playing in the league. Yeah. Um, if they're, you know, if they're college, I don't care where they're from. My job is to create better American players. Um, but a lot of it, honestly, comes down to mentality. And I think some of the players that should be ballers aren't because we failed them mentally. We haven't taught them that you need to train your most important muscle as much as you do everything else. And we have players who are scared to try new things and games and stuff like that. We've got to get rid of that as well. Um, and it, it's glaring, isn't it, when you watch these games and you look at a player like Tobo, who we all know is, is ridiculous. But it's a mindset that makes it that. Like, Tobin will try things that every every other player on that field can do. They can all execute what she's doing. Tobin's got the mindset of actually, right, boom, 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 I've done that. Tobin's not thinking, oh, I might do that, she's gone. And I feel like if we can, if we can create a, a lot more players like that, it'd be great. Can I tell a story about one of the players? Absolutely. Please. Um, so, Are we naming <laughs> so Seattle Reign of a player called Morgan Andrews and um, Morgan is technically one of the best players I've ever worked with like, she's got a touch like a feather I could put a trash can 50 yards away and go Morgan I want you to hit that with an outside girl and she can do it but what, what I love about Morgan is her mentality um She's very opinionated, and that word has negative connotations, and I don't know why. 
don't have rights. Especially so, for women. Especially for women. You're not allowed. Women aren't allowed to be opinionated. Um, especially in football, it's not welcome. Um, unless you train with Beast Monk Soccer, we welcome. <laughs> we do. Honestly. So when Morgan transferred from um, from Notre Dame, because she had a, a clash with the, the new coach at Notre Dame, and you know when Randy was there, it was all good. New coach. That happens, right? Like sometimes you personally, like people either love me or hate me. I, I understand why, you know, and, and it just happens sometimes. So, you know, first of all, congratulations to her for making a big decision and being like, you know what, I need to move. That's a big decision for a, a girl of that age at the time to make. Because um, she did have one season with the. With the new coach there and people think she failed in that season she actually led the team on stats she was very good that season um, but it wasn't there so she made the decision to transfer and that's a big move and Kidani took her at USC and we have we've got a lot of mutual friends so Morgan reached out on Twitter I think it was and was like oh can we work with each other yeah, definitely, and you know, I've got all these mutual friends. And I put it out on Twitter that I we were going to work with each other. And again, like people think, I don't, people think a lot of different things about me on social media. Um, I put a lot of things out there so people know that these women are working hard. It's not about me. Um, I can see sometimes why I have that perception, but that's why I do it. So I put it out there. And I had like three or four like big college coaches reach out to me and tell me like, don't work with her. She's not a great person. She's just gonna clash with you on everything she does. And to me, that's like, oh, cool. Like that's a challenge, <laughs> right? Like, and so we started to work with each other. And they were all wrong. Like, Morgan is so passionate about, passionate about stuff that, you know, like feminism and equality, which is all stuff, I'm like, I had this upbringing where I didn't need to know what feminism and equality was because my mum and dad always, they both worked and they both did everything as a team. So I grew up with just, this is me, right? Like, so when you grow up and you actually see, you know, oh, oh wow, people don't think she should be doing that. That's a bit weird, right? <laughs> okay. So, you know, with, with a player like, like Morgan, I never saw one instance that that made me question ever training her and I was so um, happy and humbled to be working with her and I, I always say like I want to create a generation of Morgan Andrews because she's passionate and she's confident enough if she disagrees with, with whether it was me in our sessions, it wasn't always gravy, but my sessions are not perfect. 
Kelly O'Hara will tell me they're not perfect. <laughs> Morgan Andrews will tell me not perfect. Rachel Daly will look at me and go, this sucks. <laughs> right? But I love that because I learned to check my ego at the door a long, long time ago. And I want to create a generation of players who will stand up for themselves to whether it's coaches or whether it's anything else in life. When someone says you can't do something, I want our players to be able to look at them and be like, you're wrong, right? I, I will. And Morgan has gone on to do good things. We still haven't seen the best of her. She's phenomenal. She's got the fastest ever goal in a NCAA D1 final. And you know, it was it was great to see, and that's that's what I want to create, and that's another piece of the missing link is to have players who are that confident um, out there, and well, so I'm still learning to do that. That was yeah. a long win. First time I saw Morgan play, she was still in high school, yeah, at a field in nowhere in Massachusetts, and it was that gap year in 2012. Yeah, there was WPSL elite, yeah. and all the pro well. There were, it was like this weird pro-am. So the Flash stayed pro, or at least in yes, theory. Yes, And had the Zerbonis and, and I'm trying to Lord, remember. This is for New England Mutiny, right? New England Mutiny. Lauren Riley was playing for them as well. Yeah, they, had, was the, they had like a fully professional midfielder. Yeah. And Morgan, I think, was a high school senior. And she scored that. It was like she dribbled through four players and scored from like 30 out. Yeah. And it was like, oh, all right. I'm telling you, like, she's... And that, I'm really happy, like, that she's going to be with Flatco again because Flatco will get the best out of a player like that. Yeah. Um, As he has in the past. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. So, you know, that that's that's where I'd love to see a lot of players go, is that mentality of just confident. And, and people need to know that being opinionated it's fantastic and especially as a young woman you'll get called a bitch that's a, that's a stamp of approval of someone who's not secure enough for themselves to hold a conversation with you so if anyone calls you that it's good <laughs> I mean on that note I don't know if you have another I mean I was going to ask you I think this all this whole conversation is a good sort of wrapping up point of sorts I mean you, you train men's players as well. Yes. What got you? I, I think you're maybe known for the women's players, maybe just by the prominence yeah. of the ones yeah, absolutely. that, that yeah. you train. But what got you on to? Um, I, I don't know. It's probably back to the conversation that doesn't really matter what the no, gender of the funny, player. No, but funny, funny story. Um, do you remember Jill Oaks? Yeah. So Oaksy and I were. I just moved to California. Actually, I've been there about a year then. And Oaksy was my assistant. I was coaching the JV team. At, uh, Harvard West State High School and I'd started to work with Ali Riley um, and Ali, we call Ali the OG because she was the original B-Smoke soccer player um, and she's like Ali's like my little sister I love her dearly and uh, we had a what I was talking about earlier the field that I had we had a pickup game it's like uh, Bobby Williams' field in LA who's a singer in England not big here, but it's massive everywhere else, right? And I was fortunate, yeah, I was, I'm fortunate enough to count Rob as one of my friends. And I was very, very fortunate enough to be house sitting when he went on tour. 
So I had this field with a house in it, or with a soccer field in it, or a house with a soccer field in it. And um, so Ali would come up and play, and it, it was great. Right? The first few times she came out, it was great. Like, these big dudes who used to play like college or you know some would play MLS. Ali right, was like Ali, and Ali was like I wouldn't even say she was particularly strong at the time. There's a video knocking around the internet somewhere of us doing a fitness challenge and she couldn't even touch me. She'd destroy me now. And you know they would give her like they would be like all oh, right they'd hold off onto her like they wouldn't go near her. and then like she'd just do her with a move and smash it into the top corner like oh, okay so she's real. <laughs> yeah, so Ali started to come up and then Oxy started to come up. And Oxy was a was a player, Jill, and her sister Katie. In fact all of her sisters, all twenty-nine of them. <laughs> They're all pretty good. And um Oxy was like, let's start a co-ed night. And I'm like, let me speak to the owner. Yes, let's do it. Because I was technically the owner of the house then. And um so we started a co-ed night. And there's a whole big spider's web of how it all started with the women. Um, but the pros was Ali was the first one, but she wasn't pro then. And then Jill, because Jill was still playing there. And then obviously Jill knew a lot of people. So all the people coming out to play was like Huffy, Sarah Huffman, and Liz Bogus. And we had a solid crew of players. And again, I think because of my upbringing, like, I didn't, I don't, if you can play, you can play, I don't care. Yeah. You know, you can be 12, female, male. If you're a baller, you're on my team, cool. Right? Do I have to run less if you're on it? You're in. <laughs> and um, so we, so that's where it really started, was those games. And I do text Jill now and then. And I'm like, Oxy, I owe a lot to you for starting this off, because we started to train beforehand. So, like, as I said, like, Huffy would come in. And I, I didn't know a huge amount about the women's game then. Um, so, like, one day Huffy was like, oh, can my girlfriend come and train? I'm like, yeah, sure. And Abby Wambach walks up. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, she had a great work ethic. And then Bogie brought her girlfriend up. And it was Amy, the hell of it. Hey! I'll see you in a bit. You did? Sorry. He's so handsome, mate. Brian Dunseth just walked past. <laughs> he doesn't age and he's so handsome. Starstruck. Muy guapo. Um, what year is this about you're talking this about? Is, this was early. This was like when I was still at Stanford, so 2008-2009. But that's that year that it kicked off, what you said, like the gap year, that's when it really went mental. And I created a business because I got basically bullied into creating this business because I was Dave the soccer guy. Right? <laughs> I think that's a better name. Than yeah. Dave the soccer guy. I was Dave the soccer guy. And um, Ali came back from winning the championship with Flash. And you've got to understand, like, mine and Ali's relationships were quite funny because when we first met, we hated each other because she was at high school. And she was on the varsity team and I was like JV cup. And... Um, the first day, the, the varsity coach wasn't there, and I was taking the sessions or mixing. And at the end, I was like, "All right, put all the equipment away." And Ali and her little senior mates were like, "Freshman, put everything away." And I was like, "No," I said, "We're not doing that." I said, "You put it away." And she gave me that like mean girl. That's <laughs> it's tradition. I was like, "No, what what you're saying is glorified bullying." 
So I'm, why should they put things away? Just because they're their age. I said, she better than you anyway. You, you put her stuff away. Where did that girl go? Uh, she's working with WME as an agent now. Okay. <laughs> Good kid. Um, so we didn't like each other. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try, I'm trying to get quick because I do talk. <laughs> so fast forward like three months, four months. And Ali, I keep seeing her watch my sessions because we, we trained before the passing team. And I'm like, what is this kid doing? Like, it's so weird. Because she's still giving me death stares <laughs> watching my session. Her and all her mates as well, they're all like. <laughs> and um, so she comes up to me. She's like, can I speak to you? And I'm like, sure, what do you want? She's like, well, I need your advice. I'm like, okay. She's like, I've got a chance to maybe play for the New Zealand under 20s. And um, I was like, all right. I'm still trying to be like nice but kind of an idiot, you know, like don't want to let you in, you know, we're still beefing kind of thing. And uh, she goes, oh, I've got this chance. I was like, well, you know, have you been called up to the US ever? She's like, no. I'm like, well, what about ODP? Because it was it's pre-CNL and DA. What about ODP? She's like, no. I'm like, well, there's your answer. I'm like, international football is international football. Right. I'm like, and even if you do go there and then get called into the US, it's fine because it's youth. She's like, okay. She's like, my next question is, uh, me and my dad were wondering whether you'd train me. And her dad had called the school to complain about me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, will you train me? And just because the girl had had the nerve to ask me after we'd been beefing. This was like, you've got to understand, this is Harvard Westlake, it's a nice high school. This is bigger than Biggie and Tupac. It was Riley and Copeland Smith. Okay. And um, so we squashed the beef. And uh, I said, yeah, I said, I'll train you on one condition, that you do everything I tell you to do. Because she was good, but she was run and done. But she, I, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from her. She was still good. She was a forward at the time. And obviously she was going to Stanford, so she, you know, she wasn't a chump. But technically she was nowhere near it. So we started to work. And I was, I was doing one-on-one -on -one sessions at the time. So I lived in Florida before. So I'd done them there and I'd carried it on. But Ali, Ali was the first player that I worked with who did everything I told her to do. And the results that we saw were, were astonishing. Just, she just, she put herself through the roof. And then Paul, Tur Paul turned her into a left back in Stanford. And it was brilliant. Like a master, master move from Paul. Because um, she's so fit, and, you know, then she was getting more and more technical. So, she came back and California Interscholastic Federation had a rule that you could only play for uh, another team if it was the United States. So they banned her from the playoff games. So one of the parents of the school paid a lawyer a lot of money a week <laughs> to take them to court, which they soon were like, yep, we're wrong. Fair play to them. Because so they switched it to an international team. 
so she could play and then the coach benched her for reasons unknown and she was very upset and that's when we really bonded because I was teaching her tricks to cheer her up and uh, you know after the 20s John Herbman was the coach then of the 20s and then took a full job as well and John worked wonders there in New Zealand um, and he brought us straight up to the full team he did with a core of younger players there like Rhea and Emma Kelly and a lot of the players he brought up and again I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of John because um, he did it with Canada as well he's, he brings in youth players that are good enough and he, he takes a gamble on it um, so that was Riley that was that part I don't the Riley story but then, <laughs> but then like Ali was Kelly O'Hara's roommate, so I met Kelly through Ali. So I would train Kelly as well. And then fast forward, so we're back at this field. It's 2012. We got all these players playing pickup, but it's like good level. And I'm buzzing because you know we play like three times a week, and I, I really enjoy working with players. They don't, they don't have to be great, but if, they, if their attitude is hunger I love it because it's so easy to work and all of those young women were hungry and like Huffy and Bogey were just hungry for information and it, it was brilliant to work with them and so one night I get a text from Kelly O'Hara and I love Kelly to bits Kelly's the reason I'm with, with Under Armour it's because of the introduction Kelly made I love Kelly's attitude. She's another one who's mean on the field. I love it. Um, if I, when we play pickup, I'm always on Kelly's team because I do not want to get cleated. So she's on my team. Um, and she's like, oh, can I bring a couple of players up tonight? And I'm like, are, are they good? She's like, yeah, they're, they're okay. I'm like, are they good enough? They'll okay. Like, trying to be all big to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Alex and uh, Tobin. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, okay, they're good enough. And then Alex asked me about training, and you know, it, it kind of we went from there. So anyway, Alex, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm circling back. I hope you'll get an edit. I don't know where we're we circling are. the runway a little bit. <laughs> so Ali, Ali comes back from the, from winning with a flash, and she's like, Dave, you've got to grow up. And I, you've got to understand, I'm living the dream. I've got this multi-million dollar house that I didn't earn in any way, shape or form, so I'm just dog sitting. Um, so I'm not paying rent. I'm just doing football for a living. It's great, living the dream. And she brings me down with a crash. You've got to grow up. Okay. But I listen to her because she's smart. So I started this company called The Soccer Guru. Um, I do all the... I learn how to build a website. But I do all and then a couple of weeks later, she hits a shot in training. She goes, oh, that's beast mode. I was like, ha, these crazy kids and their crazy sayings. And about three o'clock in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, and I do this a lot. I wake up and I'm like, I wonder if Beast Mode soccer's available. So I went onto a website like, you know, like Go Daddy or something. And I do, do I've got like 180 domains that I, I own, right? And I just went, yeah. I think we need a whole like separate podcast. I know, your I know. Life, <laughs> your life at home here. So. I start asking all my friends, and my friends are like, no, it's terrible. Like, it's awful, but all the players love it. So we changed the name over, so that's where Beast Mode Soccer came in. And I, and I took Ali's 
advice to heart and I, and I started a business and I'm very much a trainer first and a business person second and I've had to learn how to, to be a business person. Um, but that's, that's where it all really started to kick off and I'm very, very fortunate because I'm here at a, an age with social media and that helps, right, with building a brand and everything. So uh, I'm very fortunate. I've stopped talking. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us briefly? Briefly. <laughs> Get on, Jeff. Put a time cap on it. Yeah. You got you, you got an app coming? What, what's going yes, on? Yes, so so on, on February the 12th, 2013, I put a tweet out about building an app. Five years later, <laughs> it's coming to fruition. So we've put out a lot of training programs in the past. Um, and they're, they're very, very, like I'm obviously biased, but they're very good because we're all about giving players tools. Like what we said earlier, we're building players. They have to take ownership of it. And they have to want to do it, which is why I love Ali and Alex and, and Rach and all of these players that I work with because they all want to improve. Um, so we like to to give players the tools, but we don't want to spoon feed them because it has to be self-driven. So about three years ago, I was like, right, let's take this app thing seriously, let's do it. So I wrote everything down that I wanted this app to do, found a developer to do it, and it's been, since then, they've been literally been working on it, and it's almost there. It should have been ready for the convention, but I'm not gonna, I don't wanna rush it, I want it to be right. Um, it's called My Soccer Training. If people want advanced information, it's mysoccertraining.com. Um, I'm so excited about it just because it's going to genuinely give players the information that they need. It's a growable app, so we're going to add new content to it because I want these players to share the story that their stories that people don't hear. Um, you know, like Rachel, and and it's all good, right, to see them on social and they're living their life. But let's have a look at. It's not a sacrifice, but let's have a look at all the work you've done to, to be where you are, so that young players know. You know, we live in a society where everything is instant, instant gratification. Like in LA, we can. I did this the, the day before I left for the convention. I needed uh, an extension cord. Amazon delivered it in two hours. It's called Amazon now. Yeah. So we live in a, an age where you can be really good at Fortnite. Candy Crush because it does take repetition and it takes a while to get good at it but you're not achieving anything you're not accomplishing anything and anything worth accomplishing is delayed gratification and my concern with this generation is that we're going to be we're going to be surrounded by people that are really good at things that don't matter um, so I want to give players the easiest possible way to become their best self um, without entirely spoon-feeding into them. And I, and I genuinely think that we've succeeded. And I say we because it's not just me. I've got, like, Brooke Elby was here earlier and Katie Nimitz. Like, so many people have helped me. Um, you know, like, Alex and Rach, like, just with advice. Like, they've all been... I'm surrounded by very, very powerful, very, very intelligent women and it's a blessing and they're all ruthless as well <laughs> they don't like something it's like that's crap 
Oh, thanks. Took me, took me two hours to do that video. Thanks. Yeah. What's crap about it? All of it. Okay. Nothing salvageable then. Um, but I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have a, a great support system. And without them, like, you know, the company wouldn't be where it is and the app certainly wouldn't. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky. That was brief. Pretty brief, yeah. Pretty brief. Well, thank you for joining us. My soccer trainer. My, my soccer training dot com. Training dot com. Yeah. Beast mode. Um, yeah. Appreciate you telling me. No, thank you for, for letting me um, talk a lot. But, <laughs> but I do, I do talk a lot. But I, I've got so much to say about these players and their hard work and what it actually takes to be to be at that level. And for all of these girls, and all these girls in the draft today, congratulations. Like, but now the hard work starts. Yeah. Like, but you, you should be proud of yourself. You've done well. Um, and all the players before them. So I'm, I'm uh, very happy you have me on the show today. Yeah, thank you for coming. Dave Copeland-Smith. Thank you. Here with Chelsea thank Bush, you, Chelsea. Equalizer here on-site, Podcast Row, United Soccer Convention, Chicago. Um, Lots again. of polyester here. <laughs> Lots of, <laughs> of tracksuits. Not, not at this table. I'm guilty though. though. Well, actually, there is one yeah. at this table. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody.